Yeah, I'm not liking that old forester, so I'm probably going to have that, and then I'm going to start drinking my beer. Okay, we can do that too. Damn it, I always do that right before I do the intro. Welcome to Ford Dram and Goal. Oh, I'm your fucking shit. I don't know. I haven't drank enough. We might keep that one too. Welcome to Ford Dram and Goal, where today we're going to talk about uh, drinking some brown water, and we're going to be your poor Scott Van Pelt and fuck. It's Scott Van Pelt? Well, not Pelt. Uh, Scott Van Pelt. And Mike Golick. And Mike Golick. All right. Eric. Welcome to Ford Dram and Goal, where tonight we are going to be drinking some brown water, and I'm going to be your poor man Scott Van Pelt, and we've got a poor-ass Rick Golick. I'm your it's, host, it's Kurt, Mike and my co-host, fucking shit, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god dang we can't have two weeks in a row where i look like a fucking idiot doing the intro <laughs> all right you know what welcome to the show all right we're gonna drink brown water we're gonna be shitty fucking sports hosts so sit back and enjoy or don't do the music All right, so like uh, our fearless leader, Scott Van Pelt, a.k.a. Kurt, went ahead and kicked us off. Uh, we are going to drink some brown water today. I'm going to kick that off with Kurt. Tell us a little bit about what's in your glass, sir. What I've got in my glass tonight, is and I'm, I'm going to do my, my, I promise you, you know, we'll talk about our first episode in a little bit, but I'm really going to try like not to sound like Howard Cosell with a sinus infection tonight, because I, I think I did that a lot. You know, I'm not going to try to do rock too much change. Tonight I got, um, I got Old Forester 1870 in my glass. And, uh, whew, how's that treating you? Know, you know, I gave it a couple of weeks to open up because honestly, I wasn't a fan first time I had it. But it's, uh, it hasn't grown on me too much. It, it for a 90 proof man, that alcohol taste is there. It's got some kick to it for a 90 proof. I'm not so sure, um, that it, that, uh, I'm going to enjoy this class the rest of the night, but it's, it's okay. Um, you know, there's these, some whiskeys, some bourbons that I call it a scotch funk. Does that make any sense? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Get a little grassiness in there. Yeah. A little, yeah. little pseudo peatiness, but, uh, none of the fun stuff. But no, I did let it sit for a little bit. It's got some honey, some of the classics, oak, you know, burnt oak a little bit, but that, that alcohol smells really taking it over. And then on the taste, a good strong start of honey, but then it's got that big alcohol kick that I'm just, I'm just not a fan of, but it is bourbon at the end of the night. So I will continue drinking it. Dick, what do you got laid on me? Um, I'll lay on my, uh, my big wood here. Um, I've got uh, four roses, single barrel. I've actually had this bottle for a year or so, and I'm about, uh, about to kill it tonight. I'm kind of going through, going to cabinet clear out. And this is one that I always look at pretty little bottle. Um, and I know I can get it anytime I want to get it. So I want to make room for some more special stuff. 
Nice. It's uh, it's a good one. I mean, I think anybody should drink Four Roses. Um, I wouldn't go with the yellow label. I would go with the single label, the small batch. I think you get some more select stuff. It's not just you know which brand to drink. Um, you know, and on the on the nose, cinnamon, you know, vanilla, spice. Um, I get like a dusty corn thing going on with it too. Um, the weirdest thing though that I've never picked up before, and it may be because I was watching some videos and they called this out, but I get like this like aloe like menthol leaf like like refreshing flavor on the nose and i I don't know it's weird and maybe just because i picked it up off of someone else talking about i was like oh yeah that's there Mm -hmm." yeah maybe your maybe your pale ass still has some sunscreen on from earlier because you know you are a pasty son of a bitch dude don't even get me into the story where i asked my wife to lick my beard because i tasted something weird um yeah we're definitely not gonna get into that story (laughs) Don't, don't don't even have to ask me I'll stop you right there. <laughs> um, but on the taste, there's no, uh, there's no lilac. Um, um, lilac. Lilac. There is lilac. And for our viewers who are probably 95% of our population, what the fuck is lilac? Lilac is a, uh, a flower. Um, and when you look up the flavor palette of a lilac. Uh, yeah, because I do that all the time. Well, I mean, words come to your brain and you look them up. That's what I do. It's like a, a fate centric citrus. With more like a lemony um, bite or taste on it, kind of like faint. Um, All right, that's probably the most interesting thing into it. Other than that, I mean, it's it's, it's classic. It's oak, cinnamon, <laughs> spice, uh, nothing too too crazy. Once again, it's it's a it's a well rounded bourbon. I mean, gonna recommend it to everybody. Yeah, you're not gonna go wrong if you pick up a if you pick up any four roses for that matter. I don't know. I have. I really, I really don't like that yellow label. Well, once again, it probably reminds you of your fucking pasty skin. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've actually been given a bottle of Four Roses as a, like, I'm going to throw it down the drain, so take it or leave it. So I took it, and I, it's just one of those things, I guess, different strokes, different folks. And it's funny how that works. Thank you for not inserting a stroking joke at that point. Um, I was going to do that after. That's why I got to beat you to the punch. So what do you think of the first episode, man? I think it went good. I, I do want to say I admit something though before we go there. I did do my first drain pour this weekend. Um, I, I had that redemp- redemption uh, rum cask finish, and uh, it's one I got I got uh, screwed on by the uh, the specs special specs special shelf. Um, yeah, don't 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 get that. It's like white and has green flowers on it. I should have known better. Should have known. Yeah, probably. But I like the way I talked about our first episode and. You went to a drain pour, so it makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you this. We have new equipment. We got the first exhibition out of the way. I think we're going to do a lot better because that when I went back and I listened to it, I mean, you're talking, well, I wouldn't say we fucking sucked, but I'm talking like third string quarterback got like the majority of the game. It was it was rough at times. Um, and, and, you know, for our listeners – we're not going to be right all the time, a.k.a. Dick, completely forgetting who uh, Robert Ory was because he uh, made a, if you win three championships with, you know, three different teams, you're the GOAT. And then, you know, the next morning I jumped out of bed. Uh, big shot, Rob. Anybody forget about that guy? So I did. Yeah, we got the first one out of the way. It's always good to do that. It's all downhill after that. But we will uh, we will continue to improve, I think. 
All right. I think I think we'll improve in the regress as we keep drinking more. That's typically how it goes. We'll see. So what are we talking first, Dick? Uh, all right. Well, I think after this weekend's Georgia-Bama game, there's other, a few other good ones last weekend, too. Talk about A&M a little bit. Um, the biggest piece, though, is Big Ten coming back, and that's where we'll kick it off is just some college football segment. Kick it off with the Big Ten is coming back. Do they have any threats? And, frankly, do we give a shit? I, I, I like the way you put that in there because sometimes you don't, especially when it comes to Big Ten. But if we're talking any threats, man – I mean, it's going to be your classic Ohio State, Michigan. Um, a big one to start the season as I'm watching this just ass-kicking on Monday Night Football. We didn't even talk about that. We've got a good Texas shootout here. Well, it's supposed to be a shootout, but the Cardinals are just laying it on your boys, man. Kyler Murray just doesn't lose in that stadium, and he's going against Mr. Katie, Texas, Sandy Dalton. I'm sorry, did you want to talk about pro football after last weekend? No, I just wanted to have a chance to mention the Cowboys are getting their ass kicked. I couldn't oh, set up. Okay, you didn't want to talk about blowing a massive lead to the fucking Titans in overtime? No? No. I uh, am okay with that because I would have just got my hopes up at 2-4, and four, so backfired on you. Suck one. <laughs> so, back to college football. Um, interesting matchup. Nebraska. Don't know shit about them because, you know, last year was supposed to be a big year. They start with Ohio State this Saturday. Any chances on an upset there? Uh, fuck no. Uh, no chances. Uh, no, but fuck no. And then let's also double that down with when's the last time you knew the starting quarterback for Nebraska team? It's Adrian Martinez, motherfucker. You know why I know that? Yeah, I want to know why. Because it sounds like useless Jeopardy information. No, no. It's because when I once had aspirations of being a head coach, I was a Scott Frost fanboy. So I do happen to check up on uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers every now and then. And I don't think they're going to have a chance at winning. I think um, I think Ohio State you know, and Justin Fields are just going to come out pissed off because they've had to sit waiting for like two months. Um, and I don't see it being a, an upset this weekend, but – Speaking of Scott Frost, what do you think? Do you think he makes it after this year? Okay, well, let me, let me rephrase that. What do they have to do for him to stay? That's that's a hard question to answer. I, I really I don't know. I, I think that Scott Frost had such high hopes and high aspirations coming to this Nebraska job. Hell yeah. Cue the, the, the P. Diddy I'm coming home music if we had copyright. For sure. <laughs> but uh, we'll see if we can get him. I'm just uh the biggest thing is i don't feel like it's his fault i really don't i mean he's inherited a team that had in my opinion shit talent um i i don't frankly keep up with big 10 too terribly much but what i do keep up with nebraska's been irrelevant for six seven years now so i don't feel like he it's his fault i, I think either you give him the chance to actually rebuild the program or you put him you know in the hot seat i don't know if i would proof him over 100 right now they may come out and surprise us all, but uh, I just don't feel like, even if he does get canned, I don't feel like he's going to fall far. He'll pick up a solid OC job somewhere. 
Man, I hope so. Nebraska's like Miami. As much as you hate them, college football is much better when those teams are doing good. I mean, maybe that's my 90s child coming back out, but I, I just think it's a lot a lot better. So if, if we're if we're sticking to Big Ten, is there anybody else to keep an eye on besides Ohio State? Yeah, I don't think you can ever draw – you know, you can count out Penn State. Um, they're just – they're always going to be solid. James Franklin's going to cut all the job with them. Um, I don't think they ever really dropped off even after Bill O'Brien left. So they're always going to be a contender. They're always going to be that second-ranked Georgia to out, you know, to SEC's to Alabama. Um, but they do have the chance, and they have before. I'll say yes. Nice. All right, so let's talk about some teams that have had some games already under their belt, and I will um, – and you see, man, I was going to take a shot at you earlier. You said shitty teams, and I was going to hit you with a speaking of shitty teams, but I just I can't do it right now because they're actually doing pretty good. How are your boys A&M? Are they, are they, is realistically, are they a threat? Are they going to keep it going? What do you think? Dude, every weekend, I think I'm going to have to cry myself to sleep. So um, maybe it's just the life of being an A&M fan where you just what are you talking these? about? You should be sipping some champagne the last two weeks, man. Dude, Florida's an overrated squad. I'm sorry. I, they're overrated going into that game. Insert the I told you so. Well, I didn't say you didn't tell me so. I think a lot of us said that. It comes back to, I mean, let's be honest. Fucking rankings don't mean shit in a normal season the first five weeks of the year. So you can't tell me Florida's legitimately the number four team in the nation. And, and even after we did beat them, they were still ranked above us. I mean, that I know it's AP, but fucking bigger deal here is... You've got some great weapons. You've got with AM on the offensive side of the ball. You've got a decent defense. I wouldn't, well, normally I wouldn't say it's SEC caliber, but look at the SEC defense the last few weeks. And I would say they're beyond SEC caliber at this point. But the, the biggest problem, the X factor here is not Fisher. It's not Fisher at all. It's that Mond on some days is pinpoint accurate in the Florida game. And then Jimbo, old Jimbo. Old Jim Bob, 10 years, $100 million. Yep, yep, you can call me whatever you want for that much money. Jimbo, I owe all my success to Bobby Bowden Fisher. Nice. Fair enough, and Nick Saban, but yeah. Um, Nah, fuck that. (laughs) We get on that track again. But what I was going to finish with is an eight problem with A&M and why you never know what they're going to do and why they can't be consistent is Kellen Mond some days is right on point and other days can't hit the broadside of a barn. Dude, okay. So yeah, that not to cut you off, but I did because the second I was waiting, like how far into a segment is he going to talk about Kellen Mond? Dude, I am a, I was not a believer. I have not been a believer, but I mean, props to the guy. I mean, yeah, this last week was one thirty nine, two touchdowns against Mississippi State, but dude, I mean, two weeks before that, you got three thirty eight, three touchdowns against Florida, and three eighteen, three touchdowns against the Alabama. I think he's uh, – it's taken a while, but I think he's hit his stride. Is it? Am I overhyping him? No, but look who did their homework. Good job. Um, you're not overhyping him. He's just fucking RoboCop out there, dude. Dude is on the uh, rails. Can't do anything good around here. God damn it. I want to hate King. I want to hate King. I had that memorized first off. Sure you did. Sure you did. No, the only problem – the only thing I'll say about A&M is, I mean, dude, that SEC schedule, which everyone knows, is brutal. But you take a look at their schedule. I mean, you got Arkansas next week or the week after. I don't know. Uh, they're at South Carolina and at Tennessee. Who, eh, Tennessee is, once again, one of those teams they won a couple games and everyone was 
hyping that up. Turns out, what do you know? They're just the same old Tennessee from the last so many years. Uh, they're going to get the lane train in a couple weeks. They've got to go over there for that. They've got the LSU Tigers, which right now are no bueno. And then, of course, they end the year at, against a, what do you know, other preseason overrated Auburn team. Dude, I checked it out. I, I did do my research. None of those teams have a winning record right now. So your boys, they got a shot. They got a shot, but Alabama's gonna gonna sweep the table, dude. They're they're gonna they're gonna go to town and they already beat us, so they're gonna take the spot. We don't have the. I mean, we're in the West with them. We'll get be lucky if we get a fucking Citrus Bowl or a Gator Bowl or something out of this year. I, I could see us losing two games. Probably gonna lose to fucking Auburn or LSU at the end. But to your point, the rest of the teams are, I won't say hot garbage, but pretty close. Yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, you're still in them, so. We'll find I'll a leave, way to choke. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so, you, so you were talking about the, the Bama-Georgia game, which I did catch it, and it was a really good game for the first three quarters. First Is Bama-Bama? What do you think? Yes, Bama's Bama. Bama's Bama. I mean, they've got a system quarterback with an amazing stable of receivers and backs around him. And they've got Bama's defense. I mean, you can't lose. You can't. It's impossible. What about when they play Sunshine? <laughs> See, you're going to give me a whole rant about system quarterbacks. And I know we don't agree on this, so I'll ask you. Is Clemson Clemson? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean... What's changed? They have the guy, the dude, the I've only lost one game to the other dude, Joe Burrow. Uh, he's hands down the Heisman front runner. He's hands down going to win the Heisman. I mean, what's there to say about Trevor Lawrence? Did you not see that? I know I'm going to say the word Georgia Tech and it's going to kind of skew the story a little bit. But did you not see that performance this weekend? Well, I mean, they just lived up to their name. They're a fucking rambling wreck, right? So, yeah, <clears throat> I watched it. I watched Pieces of it that were entertaining. Georgia Tech. Yeah. You know who was entertaining? Trevor Lawrence. So is Clemson good because of Trevor Lawrence or is Clemson just Clemson? Well, no, but I mean, LSU wasn't just LSU because of Joe Burrow. See, that's where I disagree. Because if you look at that. Oh, there we go. I got it. Here we go. I was fishing. Come on. Late on me, Dick. If you look at that LSU team, they had, what, 17 starters either graduate or go to the draft or opt out. Okay, so who went number one? Yeah, we know. Burrow did. I mean, okay. but that's because we have a quarterback-obsessed league. So it's his fault and it's Trevor Lawrence's fault that they happen to have a great supporting cast? No, not at all, but that's what makes them. So they can't be badasses. No, I didn't say they weren't badasses. I didn't say that they weren't good quarterbacks. But they are, like you did, Dick. But Kurt, they are not your boy, Patrick Mahomes. They're not. Oh, okay. Well, come on. Not everyone's well, come on. Nobody's not everyone's gonna be the, the, the not everyone's gonna be the goat, you know. Oh, okay. All right, let's let's pump the brakes on that one, buddy. I meant the goat of Lubbock. All right. there there is a difference with playmakers and stars. And system quarterbacks. What's this last? Put it this way. Hold up. What's the last solid quarterback that you were like, that guy's going to be a fucking star that came out of the SEC? 
the SEC? Hmm? Oh, I don't know. Some guy by the name of Tua? Uh, no, 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 no. He's, he's not don't, a star yet. Nope. Don't even get me started on that team sitting on the field. Oh, I haven't drank enough whiskey to get the tears running down my face right now. But I don't know, man. I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, he's, he's looking not a pretty good yet. through a couple weeks. He's one and four? No, he's one, three, and one. I tell you who wasn't a star. Johnny Manziel. Okay, moving on to the next question <laughs> on uh, our topic. All right, we'll keep going since we are, like we said, two boys from the state of Texas. We have to talk about the other uh, state team. What, what's going to happen to Tom Herman? I think to the point, like I literally saw an article for potential replacements. Is he out the door, man? I hope not. I hope not. I love watching this dumpster fire burn. Yeah, oh, reverse. Got it. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, we actually agreed. I, I love Tom Herman. Um. I got. I've, I've heard him speak a couple times. Not that that means anything, but um, I think he's a great coach. I've actually seen their practices. It's it's a it's a fun atmosphere. I don't know what the problem is. You know, those are those are probably internal things that you know we just won't know. I, honestly, you got a sugar bowl victory. I don't think that's enough for UT, but. I think, like like you said about Scott Frost, I think he's fighting other battles. I think he's fighting really high expectation. And I just don't think the Big 12 is one of those leagues anymore where you just kick ass and you're you're the dude. You know, you've got Oklahoma every year, which, you know, even this year, as much of a dump fire that those two teams are, that was a hell of a game. You know, and then within the last decade, TCU has stepped up. Baylor's gone COVID. hot cold throughout the, the 10 years. Uh, Texas Tech just decided, like, I'm going to take the last eight years off, but moving on. Um, I just think he's battling high expectations because then you ask the question, like, okay, if not Tom Herman, then who? Because even if you're looking at it, Jimbo's iterating what? What is this year what? Three, three. Okay. Uh, let's say Jimbo, let's say they end up with three losses. All right. I, I just don't, I mean, who, who do you get? Cause when it was A&M's time to get Jimbo, they had to get him because there was nobody else. Who does UT go after? Well, you're not going to get Jimbo's different situation, right? We, we, we overpaid 10 million in 10 years, right? And you're just never going to be, you're never going to beat that. Um, I don't think that anybody other than Saban when they're looking for Herbin, there's rumors about that. I don't think there's any other coach out there. I don't think you're going to pull Dabo away. You're not going to find, in my opinion, at least a top-tier coach in a situation like Fisher was at Florida State where he was ready to be done. He had done his work. He had put his time in, and he was like, I'm ready for my payday. I just don't know if there's a coach out there. There's a few. There's a few that are good, solid coaches, and I would say that Herman was in that same class when they found him. But the great coaches are not bought. The great, great coaches are bred. Jimbo. It was bred. It was bred. But he was in a weird situation. I, I look at, and this is my thing, is I, I try not to be a Herman hater, but I'm not a big fan of anybody that comes out of Ohio State, period. You're part of that program. Can't stand you. It's just my nature. And I just, I, I don't know. I have an affliction for that. That's, that's rough. <clears throat> no, yeah. I, I, I joke about Jimbo, but I mean, He's obviously doing good things now. I do think 
like you said, bought. I think UT is one of those places that you can give enough money to somebody to kind of get them out of their situation. I can't, you know, thinking of coaches right now, you know, the name that you've heard a couple of times and I just don't see it happening is Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Because then, you know, how long are you getting them for? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But that'll be interesting to see. It's just sad that, you know, you already see the articles. Who's next? Who, who are the potential candidates? And like I said, I think that's just the expectations that go with UT. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, what do we have? What do they have? One national championship in the last since '72, other than the 2005, yeah, '72, I think. And honestly, that took a Vince freaking Young that was right. a, a generational talent. Exactly. All right. Well, then. Um, before we move on, because you got to answer the question, who would Texas go get? You know, I think there's one coach out there that could really do the job, and he has a top ten, I think, still team um, right now. Probably in a situation where you can have him. His name is Mac Brown, and you know it may be worth trying to go get him out of his situation. He may want to come to Texas. One problem there. What is that? What's Texas's response when Mac Brown says "fuck you" for running me out of town? Did we not? Like, is that just are we just gonna forget about that little part? I mean, let's be honest. We all have a dollar amount. Will anybody fuck us? But I mean, his age, man. Is he gonna even know what that dollar amount means? Hey, talk. Tell that to the uh, to the AP right now, man. I mean, you're you're uh, wi- you're wishful hoping there, buddy. I don't even. Oh, I'm not wishful right? hoping. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That would be my Christmas present. I think it would be so much karma. Uh, Everybody within Texas would be like, hey, you thought Charlie Strong was going to be better. Oh, you thought Herman, you know, Tom Herman was going to be better. Let's go back to old granddaddy. Yeah. I'm not even going to waste my time giving you a Texas candidate because I honestly, um, one, I can't think of one and two. I just don't care at the end of the day. But moving on, let's get to some whiskey because we've talked quite a bit of sports. I'm going to throw a name at you, and you kind of tell me, what is that coach drinking? What do you think? So here's the first one. The pirate, the, the genius, the legend. What is in Mike Leach's cup, Dick? Say so it on me. So the man who has not ever played in his life a down of football yet is arguably one of the best offensive minds I would say in recent football history. I think this guy has such a eclectic feel, an eclectic vibe. You think about him actually teaching some fucking class at uh, Washington State. Do you remember what class it was? Uh, I don't know. Pirate 101, who gives a shit? Anyways, so I think when you talk about like historical and like, you know, fine um, tuning and that sort of thing, I'll get to the fucking point already. I think he's drinking High West. Um, I think he's actually drinking High West Midwinter's Night Dram specifically. Um, I've recently become a, a fan of High West's products. I've drank in the past, but when you talk about someone that really takes the time and the knowledge, and it really is a uh, an art. And Mike Leach is a mad scientist, and I would believe the guys at High West are too. Oh, I like that. And you know what? Fun fact for you, not to show how much I've stalked Mike Leach over the years, you know, read his books and stuff, but uh, BYU, his alma mater, 
is uh, in the fine state of Utah where they happen to make highways. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. They are in Utah as well. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's just one thing that I did not know until, you know, you become a nerd of this thing. You see High West. It's got the southern Texas look, blah, blah, blah. But nope, turns out it's from Utah. So then let's go a different direction. Going away from a mad scientist to someone I don't think you would ever call a scientist, uh, Mr. Ed O out of LSU. What do you think Big Papa's drinking? Are you telling me I get to use the Ed voice twice in one episode? Lay it on me. Okay, now, well, at the end of the day, all right, we're going to drink something fun. We're going to drink something to get the party started. And we're going to get something that just looks dirty by the inner four quarters. You know what we're drinking? I don't even know if that's a good editor on, but I, I think I'm nailing it. I'm going to give you a solid four out of ten because I could hear you and understand you too well. All right. Ed Ogeron is drinking some Southern Comfort. That's in his class, baby. You're there for the party. You're there to have some fun. It's going to get the job done. At first, you're skeptical. At first, you're like, oh, is this the one? But then it grows on you. And then by the end of the night, you've got yourself a national championship. Because I've never seen anybody who had a bad, bad night with Southern Comfort. Unfortunately, you're going to wake up the next morning, a.k.a. the next season, and it's going to be ugly, and it's not going to feel so good. So, at the end of the night, go Tigers. On that point, what's a uh, what's a bottle of SoCo running right now? Like, I don't know, $3.99. <laughs> I think that's for the case. I think that's a case sale. Right? Honestly, I bought SoCo the first time just because I got a um, – Ed Hardy looking t-shirt. Oh, insert jokes. First off, when's the last time you've heard Ed Hardy? Um, I thought you were just tying it yeah. in because of that. Oh. No, like that was the first, that was, I bought a, a bottle of Soko because it came with this Ed Hardy looking shirt. And um, I probably have cool. jeans with it. Yeah. The same ones that you two step in. That was a solid comeback. Thank you. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, that was the first, <laughs> I, uh, and then I was like, oh, damn, this is good. And then maybe like the third time I got it was when I woke up the next morning and had potentially like a high sugar attack and maybe possibly needed to be rushed to the hospital. But like I said, it got the job done. So it puts you into a uh, insulin deprivation, correct? Cool. Yeah, it. but here's the thing, man. You throw that, you throw Soco with anything. Is it not delicious? Tell me something you mix with cocoa. Cocoa. <laughs> Sorry, fourth dream of the night. Uh, tell me something you mix with Soco and it's not, not good. Diabetes. See, and I was going to go there, but then I was like, I don't want to offend our fans with diabetes and seeing that the only people that have listened to the show are my parents. Uh, yeah, so. And we just lost him, so. <laughs> all right, all right. So let, let's get a little bit classier than that. Um, let's go to the, uh, the same conference, the same, um, the same division, but someone who's a little bit more refined, a little bit more put on, 
uh, frankly, a lot of it richer. What is Nick Saban drinking? Oh, well, first question. Is Nick Saban the greatest college football coach of all time? Yes. Okay. Is there any argument between all time and maybe just our time that we've got to see him? Or are you, are you thinking solid like he's the GOAT? I think people have argued this enough. I mean, they always try to put him next to Bear Bryant, and at a certain point, he passed Bear Bryant. So, okay. Well, if I'm thinking, I mean, it's it's too easy. He's sipping. He's sipping in that big office. He's inviting Belichick over so they can just sit in their piss of grace greatness and just sit there with their big football brains. And uh, I mean, honestly, they've got a glass of. Pappy Van Winkle, 23-year-old. I mean, am I wrong? I don't think so. I think they probably buy it by the case. Why would you not? Oh, that just sounds like a, a life that I want to live, buddy. Well, then yeah. that's that's good That's good timing. We talked about it last week. If you made it through the first podcast and got to this one, we said we had to devote a segment to Pappy 23, and I think this is the time. Nick Saban, the greatest, is drinking arguably – the greatest whiskey, but is it the greatest whiskey or is it just the show? I don't know. Do you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. All right. So the question is, um, not so much is Pappy to go, right? The really, the question is, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, is, is Pappy worth it, right? Is it worth the hunt, the straight up dollar amount, and is it what you expect it to be? And I think it has such a lore behind it that at the end of the day, is it good whiskey? Of course it's good whiskey. What's the MSRP on 23 gonna run? Should be right about what, two ninety-nine? Uh I've done a little research. I think I've actually seen it, and this could just be somebody throwing it out there. I saw one sixty-nine was MSRP. So I do believe that they just released the suggested MSRP for all the Pappy lines for this year. And I'm looking at it right now per their site. It is $299.99. All right. Well, then I was a little outdated, but that's okay. It's okay. But what I'm getting to is you're never going to find it for $299. It's just never going to happen. The only time you're ever going to get it is a secondary, and you're going to pay out the ass for it. We're talking thousands of dollars. That one is another one I saw today. $3,399. Yeah, it's, that, it's a little outside my budget, just by hair. That was a lower one. What was it, like a 15? No, I mean, that was a lower price range. Ah, okay. And then the other place you're going to find it is going into, you know, here in San Antonio, Bar 1919, here in the you know Texas area. You're going to go into a whiskey cake. They're going to have it. They're going to have it. Um, but you're going to be paying probably $100 a shot. It really depends where you're at. I mean, it could be more than that. A, a pour, not a shot. You're going to get about one and a half to two ounces. So then you got to ask yourself that question. At that at that price, I mean, is it worth it? I think once, yeah. I think it is. You've got to see what the hype's about. Um, but is it worth it to go pay, pay secondary, you know, $3,000, $4,000 for a bottle that something you've never had before? No way, no. Just 
So there, the, the question was, is it worth it? And I think you, you said, I think it's worth it once. And I've had this talk with, an, an, you know, another buddy of mine, you know, we had that big talk and he said, well, what is greater? And I really couldn't find the answer when it comes to taste. When it comes to taste, I will literally pick up every single expensive glass of whiskey and I'll try to compare it to that. Have I had better? Mm, probably not. Have I had more rare? Yes, I've actually had more rare, believe it or not. But I think everybody, if you're getting into the bourbon game, if you're going to try to, you know, really dig into it, I think you try it once. And I know that's hard to say for a, a glass because I seriously doubt you're going to get a bottle. Go get a glass. Mm-hmm. I will say once, get a glass, whether it's your birthday, whether it's Christmas, find your local, you know, Dick, you said a couple of great places. Find your local whiskey place, get one glass because there's one or two things are going to happen. One, you're going to think it's delicious and you're going to compare everything else to it, which I do. Or two, you're going to say, son of a bitch, this is not that great. And at least I will never, ever have the, you know, urge to look for a bottle and just hate my life because I can't get one. So I think, I think it's an experience. I think you do got to try a glass, but do your research. Like don't, if you're paying for one pour over $200, you can do better. I wouldn't pay over a hundred. And see, that's what I've, that's the funny thing. I've paid a hundred and I paid a hundred twice. You can get a hundred. I think it's that good. hundred percent. I really, you made a great point. It's not rare. Right, it's really not that rare. You'd be able to pick it up for MSRP ten, fifteen years ago. The thing is, bourbon has just become so inflated, and there's such a lag on delivery from demand time. You're talking about it's twenty three years old, right? They are the twenty three apparently is supposed to come out. The pappies for allegedly this year are supposed to be in. We're talking everything from ten through twenty three are supposed to be put out in in a bigger quantity this year. But it's still going to be impossible to find because the hype is there, right? The hype train is choo-choo, motherfucker, here it comes. But I, I, you made me really think about something. And you and I had that Pappy 23 at 1919, and it was like one of the first things I, I, I drank, like straight bourbon, right? I used to drink whiskey, but, you know, vodka, tequila, all that fun stuff. But I think now, multiple years later, it would be worth trying again now that my palate has developed. And I'm closer to really understanding what that moment means. And I would say that's probably something that we would rec- I would recommend at least is try some mid-range bourbons. Try some of the stuff we're suggesting you can actually find on the shelf. Get yourself a little bit of a palate going and then say, you know, hey, my birthday's coming up in three months. Let me go to this restaurant and order Pappy 23. Let me see the hype's about. But don't let it be like the second thing you drink because you're really not going to appreciate it. And uh, as sentimental as they got there. We did not sleep together that night, I promise you. So we uh we just shared that one glass and it was it was magical. It was beautiful. <laughs> no, but no jokes just no. But like what you said, and then the cool thing about it is after you have that glass of Pappy twenty three, the cool thing is every time you go get another really good one, you're like, Oh dang, that's just as good. I've had a couple that uh I would even say are better, but we'll save that for another one. 
we need material to get past episode two. So I'll save that. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, it is, it is the goat, uh, to many people. I'm at a, I'm at a restaurant the other day and I probably, you know, a guy sits next to me and the first thing he asks, what's your best one? And even the bartender who, you know, he's going to know more than me. He does that every night. He says to me, it's this one to everyone else. And there he goes. He points at Pappy 23. So it is what it is. All right. Let's start the third segment of the show. We're at about third dram and goal. Get it? See what we're doing there? We're going to talk more whiskey uh, for our viewers. Like I said in the first podcast, our goal is to get you to walk into the store and buy something. And just so you kind of have a good time with it. So we're going to do a little segment. What are our best three options that each of us walk in the store, grab it, I'd say $30 or less, but maybe we'll have some there at about $30, maybe a little over $30, depending on what store you're going. And you'll see that a lot. Uh, so I will go ahead and let Dick start this off, buddy. Lay it on me. Give him the heater. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, dude, from Major League. Come on. Uh, all I right. got that. I just didn't understand <laughs> I, I was gonna say hitter, but I was like, no, let's just give him the hitter. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No marbles, got it. Keep going. All right, so I've got three. Um, if I took, I just. <laughs> oh my bad, my bad. All right, so if I understand the rules of the segment appropriately, it's There's no three. fucking rules. It's give me your three best bottles at three and over or under. I have some logic behind this motherfucker. Damn it, Dick. I'm trying to save some people some money. All right, let's say I got three for 30. What are the rules? There are no rules. All right. <laughs> All right. Moving on. As you can see, it is the third dram of the segment. Mm. Ooh, wee. Mamma mia. All right, so looking at my three. I've got two that are substantially under 30, one that's about five to 10 over. Uh, I've got uh, Evan Williams, Bottle in a Bond, my go to, my secret sauce all day. I've actually got two or three bottles, even though you can pick it up at your local specs, 15, 20 bucks. It is something I believe everybody should have in their capital. Second one I think everybody should have in their capital. Old Granddad 114. You heard me talk about it one t- last time when we did the coaches in the hot seat. It's a solid hitter if you're looking for what is going to make me a punchy Manhattan, a punchy old-fashioned. That's going to be the one you're going to go with. Once again, I'm going to go 14 to 17 range. Pick it up. Don't, no questions asked. Just fucking pick it up. My little bit of classier one here. We talked about High West earlier. We talked about Mike Leach and his eclectic self. I really think that Eclectic. E C. Eclectic. Sounds like a. Sir, can you walk off the stage now? <laughs> Sorry. Sounds like an Irish person with a problem. Eclectic. Sorry, continue. It's Celtic, but sure. Um, <laughs> so you talk about the mad scientist himself. I'm going to go with my new, one of my new favorites. Um, I'm actually, I bought a, picked up a second bottle. The uh, High West American Prairie Bourbon. I have rarely picked up a whiskey with enough 
single taste that I significantly enjoyed it right off the bat. My neck pour had so much nice, fresh vanilla, cinnamon. It was just like sweet, golden, brown, amazing juice. And that is my recommendation right now. So, no, I totally agree. I have happened to have had, I've had the Evan Williams. And for, I grabbed it for $14, $13. Yeah, you should be right around there. Yeah, it was spot on. <sighs> Speaking of inserting jokes, all right, people, be, be mature here. It's high on the nutty side, um, but it's a good nutty. In fact, it's pretty heavy. Like your glass will smell like it afterwards. But when you talk about those cheap, cheap bottles that have that high, like ethanol, this one doesn't have it. It is a good bourbon. And it's a bottle and bond, so it's at a hundred proof, right? So it's it's a yeah. good one. It's funny you say nutty because I almost pick up like a cinnamon nutmeg kind of taste to it. Nutmeg, nutmeg. man, you were just all over the place with the <laughs> the spice cabinet tonight, buddy. Florals. Hey, by the way, off topic, I did buy that Etsy spice note thingy. Nothing kid. Has it come in yet? No, not yet. Okay, we're gonna have a whole other conversation about that because I literally have—I think I literally have all those in my cabinet right now. But moving on. <laughs> but you don't um, have the cool plastic thing; it all goes in. That's true too. That's true too. I'll stop at Hobby Lobby later and pick it up for like three bucks. Um, no, but it is really good. And this was a—I mean, my specs guy, you know, who's like my side piece. He, uh, I heard him the other day talking to a guy and the, he, uh, he suggested it and the guy was like, but that's, that's Evan Williams. Isn't that, I guess the guy was going to a party or something. Um, and no, this is delicious. Like that's up there. It is definitely better than some 30, $40 bottles. It's don't expect a 50, 60. No. It's not, but it's very, very good. Uh, it punches um, high above its weight class for sure. And I'll have to take your word for the old granddad and the high American prairie bourbon. Um, so my three, and I I didn't want to put this one in there because I talked about it so much last week. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it again. If anybody ever says I want to try a rye or what's the difference, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest Zazerac rye. It's just for the fact that I've had it so many times. But the problem is, and I saw a post today of uh, one of the bourbon pages. I don't know if it's the Buffalo Trace thing, but it was on sale for $89.99. Oh, fuck but, that. Uh, right. And that's what it was basically saying. Um, but if you see it for anywhere over 40 go to another store. Right now, you can get it for $28.29. I've seen it 32 and I would probably still get it. But it's like I said last week, you can put it with anything. It's it's great. Um I go to for my old fashioned recipe, which we can save for later if you want to figure it out. But uh that's that's a big go to for thirty thirty bucks. You're gonna get all the flavors, you're gonna get the classic bourbon taste, you're gonna get sweetness, not as heavy on the um I guess uh heat because it's a rye. 
So give it, I would, I would give that one a try. Uh, my second suggestion actually was from a buddy. I had seen it on the shelf several times and, uh, until he rated it very, very high. And then I actually saw it on another, heard it, heard it on another podcast and that's early times bottled in bond. Isn't that like a, that's kind of like the old tub recommendation. No, it's not. No, <laughs> no. I and the sad part is I have not, I've not had old tub. Uh, I haven't either. I keep seeing people like, no, yeah, it's great. And other people are like, no, it sucks ass. No, see, that's the only. I haven't seen too many early time sucks ass comments. I've okay. seen a lot of old tub sucks ass, but early times, it's it's good, and I I let that one sit. And maybe in a later podcast, we'll talk about bottles sitting, whether that matters or not. But this one, I actually did sit. And does sitting mean maybe I was less drunk when I had it another time? Possibly. Because um, I was pretty shit-faced the first time I had it. But it was good, man. You had your classic oak, vanilla, a little bit of honey. Uh, I I would actually put it over a lot of $30, $40 bottles. Uh, so, yeah, I'm an, I'm an early times fan now. Well, and when you first got it, you definitely weren't because I remember talking to you about it as you were drinking. You're like, it tastes like charcoal. And that was a phone call, right? Yep. Okay. So then I was shit faced when I had it the first time. Uh, <laughs> usually that's when the phone calls are made. So, uh, yeah, no, not too many floral notes or anything like that. It's just your classic, you know, oak, vanilla, caramel, classic bourbon taste. I actually may take you up on that one because I avoided it based off of that phone call. But now I'm, I'm like, all right, all right, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do I'll just, it. I'll just wait till I get shit faced again, and then I'll probably tell you it sucks. But uh, and then my third recommendation is go get yourself a traditional. Go get yourself an old timer. Uh, this is an, this is easily plug in Buffalo Trace. But I'm gonna, like I said, I don't want to keep repeating myself. Go wild turkey, man. You can't go wrong with an like an old traditional bottle of wild turkey uh, i'm a big fan i've got it multiple times uh you're talking what 20 20 bucks so let's be specific on this you're talking wild turkey 101 no 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 and and if you're gonna go if you're gonna go 100 proof grab the early times but if you're getting into the game you're trying whiskey for the first time or even if you're transitioning I've got all, I've been asked a couple times, like, hey man, I don't want to drink, I don't want to mix my whiskey, I don't want to drink it with ice, I want to drink it straight. Start with wild turkey, give it a chance, because it, if you don't like traditional bourbon taste, starting with that, it's only going to get more complex from there, it's only going to get, you know, more heat. Um, so yeah, I'd say wild turkey, just like Jane. I think it's a all three solid picks. Like I said, I'll, I'll try the early times when you're not shitty. I will note, though, for the record, we have this this uh, segment planned out, and one distillery fits this segment so perfectly, and yet we did not pick it. And which one is that? Uh, you're talking a whole distillery? Jack Daniels. Fuck. I the only reason I didn't say Jack Daniels because didn't we do Jack Daniels last week? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember at this point. Ah, fuck. Jack. That's that's when you know we're heading to the fourth grand, folks. 
Well, fuck yeah. There's nothing wrong with Jack Daniels. If it was good for Mickey Blue Eyes, it's good for me. <laughs> I live my life off that motto. Insert joke. I like my steak raw. That's <laughs> so joking about Mickey Blue Eyes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Frank Snatcher, baby. So I'm going to reel us back in just uh, to uh, sports here a little bit. So we ended our last segment with you talking about wild turkey. Thanksgiving is not too far from us right now. I think it's about five weeks away. So going into the turkey bowl, strong point of the season, watching the Cowboys getting their ass kicked as usual. Let's talk football. Let's talk about your most underrated football player so far this season. There's there's a lot of possible candidates on that. But the one that I'm going to think of, and I think it just may be because I saw him on the game of the week last night. Last night, I guess it was my day. I'm going to go back and forth, back and forth, because, you know, I don't want to go Tannehill. I think Tannehill, he did the whole underrated thing last year. I think you expected him to be decent this year. And they had a whole segment today on him. I'm going to go Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. So and the only reason, and the only reason I'll say that now, is because I saw him yesterday, fresh on my mind. You know, everyone's talking Brady, everybody's talking Gronk. You got Mike Evans on that team. You picked up Leonard Fournette. You know, you think everything's going to be great. People, of course, are talking Super Bowl. Well, then they hit a bumpy road. You know, lost the first game, lost to the to the freaking Big Dick and the Bears last week. Well. I mean, the last two weeks, he's put some solid numbers together. Uh, Yesterday, he had, what, he had like 113 yards rushing, two touchdowns against the Packers. And then he, the week before, even though they lost, he had 160 against the Bears, and he had 111 against the Chargers. He is slowly becoming a huge part of that offense. Totally saw him, you know, on the fantasy waiver a couple weeks ago and was like, oh, who's this guy? Should have picked him up because, as you know, I have Drake on my offense who I'm just like, uh, get the fuck out of here by this point. But but who picked him up? Do you remember? Some dickhead that... Yeah, yeah. No, I want to do fantasy. I want to say it was the the old commish there. I think his name's... You know, I think you're right. It's Dick. And he, uh, he toppled out with 26 points this week. So... Yeah. How many times did you Google how do I fantasy draft before we drafted? I mean, I Googled how do you podcast a lot. So, so well, apparently we didn't do so good at that. So, anyway. Hey, hey it's like a drop. No, I'm going to go Ronald Jones. Um, underrated, is there probably other candidates? Absolutely. But I just, like I said, I saw him yesterday. He's putting together some solid numbers. I don't even, I can't even tell you how many handoffs Leonard Fournette got yesterday. Um, so yeah, that's my choice. What about you, Dick? So I thought about this probably a bit more than I should probably overanalyze it a little bit, probably realize it wasn't that big a surprise to most people. Kurt over here already said, I, I overthink my fantasy quite a bit. So it's not hard to overthink when you just fucking read every article there is, but anyway, continue. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Um, I think you look at this kid, he's been the year in the league, what, five years now? 
from the Oakland Raiders. Believe um, it or not, that was not an Ed Ogeron um, attempt again. Mine wasn't either, but it sounded pretty bad. Anyway, 2019, he actually did really well after being in the league for four years and basically getting suspended for one of those four. Not basically, he did get suspended. Oh, the Hard Knocks guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hard okay, Knocks okay, guy. gotcha, gotcha. Now you know all the stats. Yeah. All right. So last year, he had 90 receptions, over 1,100 yards, three touchdowns. Um, this year, you know, I think what really turned my attention to him was that breakout game. I think he had in week three, where he had like 12 receptions for over 100 yards and a TD. And he pulled our boy C-Jax out of the fucking oblivion. No chance in hell he was going to win that game. Pulled him out, and he actually pulled out a fantasy win. I think he was down by like 20-plus points going into that night off a of fucking tight end performance. So my vote, Darren Waller. Hard knocks, right? Hard knocks. Gotta love you some John Gruden, man. Dude, how can you not? Yo, Chucky. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Um, yeah, no, that was a great pick, but I, I think, dude, you talk about a fucking sweet ass setup. That new stadium may be the only reason that I want to go to Vegas. Um, I mean, that place looks legit, but I, I don't think, I don't think we get a lot of Raiders coverage out here. So yeah, yeah I can see him being under the radar. Yeah, we don't. I mean, it wasn't until this year we picked up red zone or I bought red zone. So that's why I've been watching him play off. Anything. Rich boy. Yeah, eleven dollars, guys. Eleven dollars if you get YouTube TV. Don't be a son of a bitch about it. Well, it's a lot more than people are going to pay for my podcast. That's for sure. Um, okay. Well, we got we've got to talk about it. Just ended last night. Uh, first game is tomorrow. We've got some big baseball. We've got the World Series coming up. Are we going to talk and... about the Braves choking? Oof, dude, too soon. The yeah. city. The city, city of Atlanta. The city. I mean, gotta love Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Great times there. Sports teams choke artists, though. Hot Atlanta. Just not hot in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Give up that big lead. Yeah. So, maybe, we, maybe uh, don't you know, back. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I've just been watching a shitload of baseball lately. But Why would you? Very... Whoa. Why would you? You have the NFL, any of the NBA finals or NBA playoffs at the same time, and NHL. Let's talk about out of the four sports, which one is it? Okay. Okay. So I do love hockey, and that is a rare thing around here, but really, you're going to throw hockey in over baseball? Yeah, dude. Just because you don't know shit about baseball doesn't mean I know a lot about baseball. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, Well, then let's, let's keep it simple. Before you totally just shit on, uh, you know, America's, America's pastime. Past <laughs> uh, uh, oh, dude, 28 to 3? Dude. Going on in Dallas. Kyler's owning his hometown, boy. Oof. We're going to have to talk about your boys next week. Um, You know they're my reluctant like, boys. You know what? They're my reluctant boys. Yeah. Well, my team's only five right now, so... So, real, real easy way to work baseball into the conversation is, what is your favorite baseball memory? Very basic, very kindergarten, but easy to answer. Go for it. All right. I'm going to go twofold on this. You know, I like to do that double down on you. My number one is when I was a kid, right? I think we all have a childhood memory to baseball game. If you don't, 
I'm sorry, get a time machine to go back because how could you not? All right. My favorite one as a child was my parents surprised me when we were in Atlanta on a family uh, vacation. They took me to an Atlanta Braves baseball game, game and they beat the Cubs 18 to 1. This was, I'm not even going to say what year. It was in the 90s. So, yeah, great times. The other piece of it is a combination of. Oh, yeah, what whiskey were you drinking then? <laughs> underage drinking $2 beer nights and um, sneaking into the paid seats from the berm seats at our hometown baseball, minor league baseball team uh, stadium. So good times back with the uh, the wife back in the day. You know, Ooh, young around. love. Young love matured into uh, old love. Not sure which one's better. But, yeah, that would be my favorite adult, I say pseudo-adult pastime at baseball games is sneaking into the paid seats from the cheap seats. Who took initiative there? Was it her idea or was it yours? I mean, you do know my wife. Who do you think it was? Dude, and that's the thing, because my wife does the same shit, and I'm such a pussy that I don't, like, she'll literally want to sneak down to the bottom levels, and it's not like, let's get a little closer. Like, she's like, we're going to the front row. She's literally got pictures of NBA benches because she was able to do that while we were on the second row. And like I said, I'm just, I don't know, something about them. Like, they don't give a shit. Maybe it's, I don't know, you think it's a girl thing? I don't know. It's probably probably a girl thing, probably a little uh, OG thing. I don't know. Yeah, because the second I try it, I'm getting fucking clotheslined, and I'm not, that's my luck. That's just my life. Well, it's. I think it's just that we're luckier. Both of our wives are prettier than us. That's true. And one time I did like totally, she did it, stayed in my seat. She comes back with all these great pictures and just like, ah, and I'm like, God dang it, I suck. But anyway, before we went into that rabbit hole, um, what about you? Oh, besides being a pussy? Uh, there's been quite a few. You know, I've only been to a handful of games in person, so I don't think it's going to be anything in person. You know, I got to see the Yankees, got to see A Rod play. I think my favorite baseball memory, one has to be my first Yankees World Series that I got to experience on TV. You know, watching it with my dad, East Coast guy, saw them beat the Braves. You know, uh, won't forget Joe Torre sitting there in the, the dugout, shaking water bottle, you know, watching them finish it off. That was awesome. Second, dude, I mean, honestly, I think uh, if you're a 90s kid, which I've said like three times, plus I am putting together a couple of things that our viewers could uh, do a drinking game of. The number of times I, you know, acknowledge the 90s, every time I say the goat, and I think if you tried drinking every time I said, but, that's another good one. I think the whole Sosa McGuire thing, dude, that was so awesome. And we're old enough. Like to where we remember that pretty good. Yep. Forget the steroids. Everyone did it. It's okay. The cork bats. Cork bats. That's just fun. That's just fun. Um, No, that was an exciting thing. Back and forth, back and forth. And those are just two legends, man. You know, I remember Sosa after 9-11 running into the outfield with the flag. I mean, it was just just a cool time. And then, of course, you're sitting in front of the TV watching McGuire hit that other, that last one to break the single season record. I think that's got to be up there because, I mean, first off, I thought about it. And second off, like I said, can't think of too many baseball things, but I think, uh, I think that's got to be up there. All right. So, you know, I think we talked about, uh, 
you know, your love for the Yankees and affinity for the Yankees. And like every wannabe baseball fan, when you walk into Lids, everybody sees those New York Yankees caps and that's what they're grabbing. So I think it's a good transition time for us. I'm going to kick it to you first. You're walking into the local liquor store this week. What are you grabbing? I like what you did there. Um, I've, I've grabbed quite a few Yankees hat over the years, but who hasn't? Um, uh, me. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, I have uh, I have I have all those Yankees caps next to the Notre Dame caps I never bought. You son of a bitch! You purposely worked that into there. Anyway, before we bring my religion into this, um, religion and football are two different things, buddy. Uh, you know, I'm going to grab something that I have. Um, been suggested to grab quite a few times and it's just one of one of those where I've been fortunate enough to run into some other bottles and grab those instead. But I think this week I'm going to give it a try. I'm actually going to go um, to Total Wine nearby. It's $39.99 and I'm going to get Black Ridge Special Reserve Port Barrel Finished. All right, say that name three times. Uh, just going to get it because, like I said, it was suggested by a pretty good buddy who's been pretty solid. Oof, that didn't sound good either. But he's had great recommendations. Um, and, yeah, the only thing I put it off for is because you start getting poor barrel finished. You know, are you talking rum? Are you talking, you know, just give me the classic American oak. But as I want our viewers to do, I am broadening my mind, and I'm going to go ahead and give it a try. Um, but that is most likely what I'm going in to grab this week. Uh, what about you, Dick? Oh, I, I applaud your pick. Um, I, I talked about my drain pour earlier this week, and that was a rum cask finish. So I'm curious to know what the pour See, does. Yeah, I don't know. And it tasted like pickle juice. So I'm I'm a little bit excited to hear how much you're going to bitch about it. But at the same time, I'm glad you're trying it, and I'm not because I already took one from the team on that one. So if I'm looking at what I'm grabbing this week. It's hard to find. May have to hunt for it, but I'm putting myself in someone else's shoes who may see it, and you have to buy it for the right price point. Midwinter's Nitram is being released right now. You're going to see it on shelves. It's a high west product. Hit them up pretty hard on this uh, this podcast, but it is a solid bottle. I've had it once in my life. Would drink it day in and day out. But please, we talked about the secondary market. Do not pay secondary prices for this. Do not walk into your tiny liquor store and they got one bottle up there for a buck ninety nine. Do not buy it. Do not pay more than a hundred bucks for this bottle. But if you can find it for that price point, that ninety to ninety five to a hundred, pick it up. Pick it up. Enjoy it. Tell us about it. Email us about it. We want to hear about your experiences. And yeah, and speaking of email. Once again, we're trying to get more feedback. My parents have already texted me, so we need more feedback than that. Uh, you can reach us at fourthdramminggoal at gmail.com. That is the number four. Everything else is letters. T-H-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-G-O-A-L at gmail.com. Did I not deliver that correctly, Dick? You delivered that solid and quick as usual. Oh, blow, blow. All right, that'll bring us over the goal line. In our next episode, we are going to talk several things. We're going to get back to pro football. 
we're going to talk good drinks. Fuck me, because I can't think of anything else, and I had a great start. Well, all right, Dick, that's going to get us over the goal line for this episode. Um, in our next episode, we're going to talk pro football again. We're going to check up on the World Series. When it comes to brown water, we're going to talk our favorite recipes, specifically old fashions. And so what? Um, some good mixers, things that you can drink for any occasion. We're going to bring back the famous segment, famous between me and you, uh, is what is my wife bitching about after we've bought some more bottles. And yeah, we're going to get, uh, get some drinks on us and have another good time. All right. I think it's a great way to close this out there, Kurt. But I will ask you to bring back your infamous quote of the segment. I love the way you say infamous. For some reason, I guess that was the uh, only part that my parents enjoyed was my... Did you? they actually listen to it? No, not at all. I haven't spoken to my parents in five years. But thanks for bringing that up, Dick. <laughs> uh, oh, all, right. all right, Kurt. I think that was a great way for you to close this out right there. So, But I'll ask you to go ahead and lay it down with one of your infamous quotes to close out our podcast. All right. I got a good one this week for those Los Angeles Dodgers that are going to the World Series because I sure as hell ain't doing one for the Tampa Bay Rays. From the legendary Dodgers announcer Vince Coley, good is not good when better is expected. All right, my friends. To the next snap and to the next dram. Dram on, people.